Welcome to the Capital Light Assembly Podcast brought to you by Edison Manufacturing and Engineering. Edison is your contract manufacturing partner focused on assembly of complex mobility and energy products that are not well suited for highly automated production. Joined today for a second time by Nick England. Nick, thanks for coming on the podcast again. Thanks for having me, Brandon. Appreciate it. Yeah, so so Nick leads our supply chain operations at Edison, and I think this is a interesting, very important topic we're going to explore today. So one of the critical pieces of low volume complex assembly is the ability to reliably and repeatedly deliver on time into the schedule that has been set. And there are a lot of moving pieces, obviously, that go into making that happen and allowing that to happen. And one of those pieces is how do you actually make sure that you get the right parts for the, for the builds? And I know there's a ton, a ton that goes into this, but I, I guess would you mind starting to talk about, okay, what, what, what is that process from when we order, when we receive something to when we are actually ready to begin to use something for a build? Yeah. Um, so I think my, my head kind of goes one place and it would be, uh, it revolve around warehouse storage planning, right? So, so how are you actually handling the product once it comes in the door? Um, and, and, and what do you do with it? And, and how do you manage that prior to actually taking that line side? Right. So I think, I think that'd probably be a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, seems when you think about warehouse storage planning, it seems really unrelated to the to the actual production of the of the goods. Um, but it's a it's a critically important um, you know facet of the operation. Um, you know, it plays a, a huge role in maintaining and executing your production schedule. I mean, both on time with quality, um, and and the ability to have a calculated storage plan for for each component that comes in the door relies on many characteristics of those parts, right? So your size of the part, the weight, the velocity, serialization, usage type, is it FIFO, LIFO? Like what are the what are the key characteristics of that part of that part? Even component mm-hmm. shelf life, you know, the, the, those play a, a, a big uh, role in, in some of the parts. Um, you know, these points of data light organize your material based on specific information and, and it relates to your finished product. Um, and also your ability to pick and stage the components efficiently, right? Which then in turn leads to obviously a more productive operation. Um, you know, I, I mentioned organization, but we don't want to just organize for organization's sake, right? You got to have a plan that complements your part type, the type of equipment that's going to be used and, and, and how you're going to carry out those pick plans and get that product or excuse me, those components to the floor. Um, mm-hmm. Simply applying labels, performing 5S activi- activities isn't necessarily enough, right? So for example, heavy parts. They have specialized racking. They're restricted to certain areas of the floor. Uh, they may be floor loaded, have flow racks, fast movers, right? Smaller parts. They could be located in the lower levels of your pallet racking uh, in your warehouse. Uh, chest level, really convenient to pick um, in your small part spinning, right? So those are a couple examples of, of um, organizational techniques, right? Um, but, but getting past that, there's really a direct correlation between efficient warehousing, right? Which is what I just spoke of and, and reduction in non-value add hours, right? So there's there's a huge opportunity to implement some lean methodology here as well when you think about warehouse storage planning. Um, I mean, think about the, the eight wastes. You know, you can think about um, how do you remove or reduce these wastes um, and given when you give an operator the right tools, the resources, the equipment, um, the the opportunities are endless. You know, to name, yep. a, to name a few, uh, you could think about reduce weighting by creating pick paths through your warehouse um, that don't overlap with another. Uh, reduce wasted motion by placing product in, in front of your materials team. Uh, and eliminate extra processing by having all your components grocery store ready. Like when I when I mentioned grocery store ready, it's 
you know, give your materials team the opportunity to pick the part. Um, there's no dunnage on it. There's no overpack. There's no miscellaneous packaging that they have to manage and get out of the way to pick that part. Um, and that's just to name a few, right? Of, of I'm sure we could probably go on about all the uh, the ways to eliminate waste in a in a in a pick path, but um, that's just to name a few. And obviously, it comes down to consistency, right? Consistency and reduction leads to elimination, which is really the true methodology behind um, the eight waste. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that kind of intro. And it's it's interesting in that while you're speaking there, it's kind of simultaneously sounds like blocking and tackling simple thing, but at the same time, super complex and that there's a lot of ways that this, this can go wrong. And I guess, but I, I appreciate your input here, especially given that you have some, you know, ex experience in various different types of operations and kind of material handling here. But like, I, I think of my experience at like my local Home Depot or big box store or whatever, where like I look up on, I can look up on the app or whatever, I can see, hey, do they have the given, I don't know, I was looking for a bag of grout, for example, recently, and like, do they have it? If so, what store has it and where is it? And like, that's one level of detail. But then the question also is, okay, when I get there, is it actually where they say it's going to be? And like, can, can you kind of trans try to translate? So that's my, my real world experience. Of how similar or different is it in our manufacturing world to what's happening there? I mean, it's really no different. Um, you know, granted, uh, the operation that you're talking about, if, if they have an ERP system, if they have some sort of technology in place um, to assist with that, um, it's, it is really like you mentioned, blocking and tackling. You need to ensure that your ERP system is set up so that all those things that I mentioned above, right, all the, all the efficient picking and, 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 uh, and processing of those inventory, or excuse me, of those materials, um, you, you need an ERP system to manage that, right? So we talked about characteristics of parts. Um, I think something that's probably underutilized in an ERP system is maintaining uh, not only what your parts are and the characteristics of, the, of those individual parts, but the characteristics of your storage locations. How are you managing your storage locations? How are you telling the system what type of storage location you have and what, what type of parts can actually fit into those specific storage locations? Hmm. Um, you know, I think the concepts uh, behind storage are just simply put it away. Uh, we'll, we'll try to figure out where it's at later. Um, but the, the, the urgency is getting it in the door, making sure that the product is, is received in full and, uh, there, there's no quality issues or there's no defects. Um, but we sometimes overlook the fact that, um, getting that to the shelf and then having that, uh, ready to be picked, uh, by your materials team or by your production team is also a critical part of that. And your ERP system is something that, uh, is like I mentioned, is sometimes underutilized. So I would I would strongly recommend, really, to anybody that's doing a full storage planning assessment in their warehouse or for their production, uh, understand what the ERP system can actually give you, because um, there's probably a lot more there that uh, you're not harnessing. That makes a lot of sense. And so thinking of one of the one of the key questions that come to mind is like how how do you actually know you're doing this well? And you, you talk about kind of the fundamentals here that go into successful warehouse and material warehousing and materials uh storage and everything like how, how do you know you're doing well and how do you know that you're improving and driving waste out of the process over time right um yeah i i guess to understand if 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 you if you're improving or not you need to be measuring something right so what are you what are you measuring right you can you can have all these um you can be very intentional about your storage planning be very intentional about how you pick materials and get them to the line um but from shelf to line side, are, are you actually measuring any sort of cycle time? Are you 
Are you um, telling yourself that it needs to be within X amount of time? Um, set the baseline. What's your baseline? Implement your deliberate warehousing plan and then reassess your metrics. I mean, uh, did you improve? Yes, great. If no, then then why? Are you measuring at the appropriate levels? Um, you need to be asking yourselves those those questions um, as you implement this storage planning and you implement new new techniques and material management techniques. Um, are you being really intentional about what those metrics are? You know, one of the things that 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 we look at are, are cycle times from mm -hmm. shelf to line side, right? That's a critical a critical metric for us to understand how long it takes for a single component to get from shelf to a production zone, right? So if we're not measuring that or or we are measuring that and ultimately we're not getting better, um, what are the things that are getting in the way? And and that's where we go back up to the the, the previous conversation and understanding where those wastes are, where are our non-value add hours? Um, those are gonna directly impact that cycle time that's gonna directly impact your ability to get that product, excuse me, the component to the line um, and ready to be produced. So, um, I mean, micro level metrics are gonna be your friend, um, especially as you look to implement new storage and, and material management techniques. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, long story short, commit your organization to the intentional warehousing plan that we just talked about understand what you're measuring, uh, why you're measuring it, right? And for us, I mentioned that cycle time from shelf to line side, and then focus on your waste and elimination. Um, mm -hmm. Continually reassess that warehousing strategy, and and it's going to need to be adapted as your business changes, but you know you're measuring something, right? And that's what the business needs. So, yeah, Nick, that, I think that makes, makes a lot of sense. And I guess trying to recap here, I mean, thinking of materials management and warehouse, material storage and warehouse management, like, I guess just understanding this is an important topic for certainly for us, certainly for anyone executing capital light assembly, for anyone realistically executing any type of uh, assembly or manufacturing activities. I have to imagine this is an important topic that requires some due attention. There's foundations and in place and fundamentals that you need to get right. And then, I mean, I guess this last part of, yeah, let's, let's make sure we have the right KPIs and and place to track and manage and take action as as we need to. Um, based on what those are telling us. So I, I think that makes a lot, a lot of sense. I think this is a, a certainly an, an often overlooked topic and really appreciate you uh, sharing some thoughts here. Yeah, of course.